Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. We are in a very familiar passage of Scripture. You're going to recognize it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 9. And uh, let me go ahead and read it. And then we might just spend the entire time today talking about these two verses because they are so important uh, for us to understand. Look at verse number 9 of Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The idea behind that question is it's rhetorical. Nobody, nobody humanly can know it. Verse number 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. So there, I guess there is an answer, and the answer is God knows the heart. Uh, but the answer is also we don't know the heart and we don't know our own heart. So I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So as Jeremiah is talking about the sin of God's people and the judgment that's coming because of their sin, he really gets to, no pun intended, the heart of the issue. And we've pointed this out several times back in uh, last chapter, chapter 16 and verse 12, back in chapter 14, back in chapter 8, we've been emphasizing uh, the heart, how God looks in the heart. Of course, there are many passages of Scripture that help us to understand that, probably the most famous being the what God told Samuel, that man looks on the outward appearance. Remember, Samuel was making a, a decision about the anointing of Jesse's sons based upon appearance. Eliab looks the biggest, he looks the best, he is the oldest, therefore he must be the, and God said, Samuel, I see things differently. You look at the outside, I look at the heart, and that's certainly still true today. So uh, the people of God in Jeremiah's day, uh, their heart, as we have seen, was just rotten at the core, and the reason for their bad behavior the reason for their external rebellion was because they had a heart issue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we know that uh, bad words, uh, bad behaviors, a bad all of it comes from the heart. I think about uh, James chapter 3, which is an amazing passage about the evils of the tongue. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either the vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of 
uh, how's that say? Let, let me show I have a good conversation. Um, oh my, I, I'm to the most important verse in James chapter three and my quoting of it failed me. So I'm going to turn there because this is just too good of a point to be made. You're seeing my frailed humanity today, folks. Uh, let me see here. James chapter number three. At least I know the chapter in the Bible where this is written. Um, yeah, so who is a wise man? This is James chapter three now. And a dude with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, there it is. That's what I was looking for. The point is this, that if there is a problem with my words, if there's a problem on the outside, verbally or behaviorally, then it goes back to there's a problem in the heart, bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. So the 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 heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. That's why in the Bible, you'll see the heart emphasized over and over again. Keep thy heart, guard it, is what that means, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. David was careful to pray, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Uh, There in Psalm 119, very famously, uh, David said, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sit against thee. So the, the heart is just so essential. It's it's the real us. It, it's what we think. It's what we decide. It's what we feel. It's the inner part of us. It's the core. And so the Bible says the heart is deceitful. So what he's saying is at the core of man without God, at the core of man doing his own thing, running his own way, making his own decisions, things are evil and bad. It's only as God redeems our heart. It's only as God informs our heart. It's only as our thinking becomes his thinking that we can uh, have any kind of, there's any kind of value. So watch again what it says in verse number uh, nine. So the, the heart is deceitful. And that's interesting, deceitful deceiving even ourselves. Remember what the Bible says there in James chapter one, that when we are hearers of the word and not doers, we deceive even our own selves. We believe lies about ourselves. Like, well, I believe the right things. I know the right things. I subscribe to truth. I don't do everything I'm supposed to do, but no, that's uh, that's engaging in self-deception. And the heart, the heart is always trying to justify the behaviors that come out of it. And so the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. In other words, it's irredeemable by itself. It can't save itself. No, we we need an outside savior, an outside influence, outside redemption uh, to change the very nature of our heart, the way we think. Uh, what we decide, even how we feel, all of that uh, is encompassed in that idea. So the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
And again, as I said in my introduction, that you're, you don't entirely know yourself. We think we know what we want. We think we know what is good for us. And that's why the admonition of Scripture over and over again is don't lean on that understanding. Don't, don't trust your heart. And yet we live in a society that says things like, hey, just follow your heart, pursue your dreams, be all that you can be. You can be anything you want. These are not the dictates of Scripture. Uh, the, the, this is new ageism. This is self-reliance. This is secular humanism. It's, it's really destructive thinking. Uh, who can know it? You don't know yourself uh, accurately. That's why God has given us perspective checks through his word so that through the aid of external observation points, like the word of God, like the character of God, we can see ourselves in ways that we would not have otherwise seen ourselves. For instance, Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, where the Bible says the word of God, it's quick, it's, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow, there it is. That the word of God can show us our heart, can show us things about ourselves that we would not otherwise see. That things that we're thinking, uh, things that motivations that we have. That's what the word intent means. So, wow, do we need the word of God? And that's one of the primary reasons why the people of Jeremiah's day were running to destruction because they weren't listening to the word of God. Had they simply believed the word of God, put faith in what Jeremiah was proclaiming to them, things could have been different because the word of God is always aimed primarily at our heart. That's why when Jesus gave the parable of the sower, he talked about the seed of the word of God. Yes, that's important, but it's only effective if it falls on the right soil. And the soil in Matthew 13 and the other passages refers to the heart of man, the way that we receive the word of God. So the heart, the heart, the heart. Look at verse number 10, where it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. So, so God knows our heart. As a matter of fact, he's searching our heart. He's looking at what we think about and the imaginations they're in and, and the intentions that we have, the motivations. That's why the judgment seat of Jesus Christ will not so much be a judgment of what we have done, but it'll be a judgment of what sort our works are. Uh, uh, did we do God's will in God's way with the right heart motive? That all three of those components are important. God's will in God's way with the right heart motive. So the Bible says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, R-E-I-N-S, if you're not reading it. So reins, like the reins of, of, of turning the, the head of a horse, reins, holding a horse, the reins attached to the bit and the mouth, the reins. So reins refers to direction, intention, which way am I going? And God knows, God knows which way 
the feet of your heart are pointed. God knows uh, the, the reasons why you do. God knows what is uh, in the innermost part of your thinking. He knows that. I search that. That's why it's important for us to be humble about reading and receiving the Word of God because it's the Word of God that shines that spotlight. It's the Word of God that places in large font those things about our life that we tend to put in microscopic print. That That's why that's important. I think about David's great prayer in Psalm 139, where in that, I'm sorry, is it Psalm 139? Yes, Psalm 139, where David talked about how God knows everything about us. Uh, God made us. God designed us according to his blueprint. Even in our mother's womb, uh, God formed us and made us. And so David said, well, based upon the fact, God, that you know everything about me physically and, and spiritually, then Lord, search me, try me, know me, search my heart, try my thoughts. So we need to be asking God to show us things about ourselves that we would not see without God's aid, without God's help. So the word of God and prayer, right? Search me, O God. The word of God is quick and powerful. We need the word of God humbly received, carefully read and studied, and we need prayer, time alone with God, humbly seeking God's help and direction supernaturally. It's only as we invite the Lord in through his word and through prayer that we can get an accurate view of ourselves. How important is that? Verse number 10. So I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. And then it says this, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So ultimately, we're judged by the things we do, the works uh, that our life brings out. Even as believers, one day we'll stand before Jesus Christ, not to answer for our salvation that was answered for at the cross, but to answer for what have we done? And yet the Bible talks about works and doings. Well, I thought God was concerned about the heart. He is. But the implication is that what is in your heart will ultimately show up in the quality of of the nature of what you do, the works that you perform. And all of it goes together, doesn't it? And we have to be careful to know, I don't know myself, God does. So God, would you show me, me? Lord, as I listen to your word, as I study it, would you show me, me? And then as God shows us, us, and as our heart becomes more aligned with his heart, he gives us really the desires of our heart. He works in us even our desires, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Then we begin to serve him in ways from the inside out that are just so valuable. So I hope that helps today. Uh, we'll jump into verse number 11 next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.